Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to Choosing Yourself with Janice and Rachel. I'm Janice. And I'm Rachel. We want to thank you all again for all of your constant support and feedback. They mean so much to us. Rachel and I are super passionate and excited about this podcast and we're definitely learning as we go. Yeah, and there's a lot we want to talk about and share with you guys, hoping that you can relate to the things we go through and share similar experiences. And this podcast is definitely meant to be a kind of open table kind of talk, and we always welcome any ideas that you would like us to share and discuss. So today we're going to be doing a special segment on things that we want to ask guys. We've received many questions from different girls that are curious about these things, and we want to ask the boys. Yes, and today we're going to be doing something different yet super exciting. We have two very awesome guests that will be talking with us on this week's episode. Today we have Aladipo and Ashanti Ali, two of my very good friends from UMass. The three of us were in Greek life together and they met Rachel through me and we became awesome friends through that. We're super excited and happy to have them join us in our talk today. So you can introduce yourselves, starting with Ali. Hello, everyone. So as Janice said, my name is Sean Taylor. Uh, went to UMass Amherst, uh, joined uh, Phi Sigma Kappa my freshman year. Uh, I was there for five years, took a little bit of a victory lap, decided <laughs> wasn't ready to leave college yet. And since then, uh, worked two years as a Lyft and Uber driver, then went back to school and got my master's in public health. And as of right now, I'm applying to colleges to go into a doctor of public health or a PhD program. So that's awesome. A little bit of the older one on this side. I'm the the one with the gray hair. (laughs) Not that old. All right, I'm Oladipo. Yeah, I'm Oladipo. Um, I also went to UMass, also was in Phi Sig. I started my sophomore year of college. Um, I graduated with the with a BS in uh, public health, as well as my master's in public health uh, and health policy and management. And now I'm working at Mass General Hospital uh, doing some things. Uh, Also, uh, you can check me out on the Toxic City podcast. Um, Yes. Yes, yes. We won't be be too toxic today, but we will. (laughs) I will be occasionally talking sick, so. Talking case, that's good that's what we're here for <laughs> that's what we're here for this is what we do all right so why don't we just jump right in to these questions because people are really interested um disclaimer we're not directing these questions at you guys personally but if you have a little insight into the mind of a guy and maybe why some of these <laughs> things happen you know we're not blaming you specifically but just looking for a little insight so we're just going to jump right in. We'll start with like an easy one. Um, how do you tell if a guy likes you and you can't say the answer is just ask them because we're talking about like the more cryptic, maybe more shy guys. How can you tell if they like you? Ali, I'm going to let you lead with this one. <laughs> you lead? You're the one that's in a... Yeah. All right, so I guess communication, if he's there trying to make an effort to communicate with you, then I think that shows some type of commitment because I know a lot of guys could be doing, playing video games, talking to their boys, doing all this other stuff. But I think if he is making time to communicate with you, talk to you as simple as something as how's your day going. Um, But I think it's also finding out like, how does 
this person communicate because um, mm -hmm. for myself, I could go maybe a week without talking to someone and it's nothing personal. It's just sometimes things get, get in the way, but it's about, I guess, how the person responds or reaches out to you and like tries not to make you like, oh, I haven't spoken to you in a week, what's up? But it's like, hey, X, Y, and Z happened. This is what it is. Um, but I know some people feel as though they need to talk every single day or else they start being a little bit insecure about themselves, which I think is another, another thing we can get into about like just insecurity and how that kind of, um, we, we sometimes project our own insecurities on other people. So, mm. but communication. That's a really good point. Um, I think people have, like you said, different ways of communicating. So maybe some people would be more used to communicating every day. And then those people might look at their partner and put, or like the person they're talking to and put that expectation onto them. And if they put that expectation onto them and expect someone who isn't someone that texts every day to text them every day, it's just going to make them upset when in reality, it's just a different communication style. So that's a really interesting point. I like that. Yeah, that is, I like that point mm -hmm. too. Yeah. To go off that, um, on the communication style thing, it's really important. Um, it reminds me of, uh, you probably heard of this book. It's like the five love language languages. Mm -hmm. and there's like, there's, uh, acts of service there's gifts there's um physical touch different things um which do play into it but words of affirmation yeah words there there's well yeah words of affirmation there's a there's so many different things that play into it um obviously it can be like a myriad of those things but i think overall it's it's tough to know when how a guy will express that he likes you I when you asked that question immediately the first thing I was gonna say was like you you probably won't really know until like <laughs> it's too late. Like, <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> but um I think I think uh I think like Ollie said, communication, but you know, there's layers to that. So you kinda have to unfortunately you kinda have to roll with the punches a little bit, even on in on the guys end too, like you like I know a ton of guys who are like, does this girl like me? How did you know what's going on here? Is is she actually liking me? Is she does she just want to be friends? Is mm -hmm. is this am I reading too deep into it? So I think I think like Ali said, it's very much communication, but a little bit deeper than that in terms of like how do I communicate? How do they communicate? And um, additionally, like do we even do we even recognize that we're both trying to communicate in that way? Or so yeah, I think I think. I think that kind of plays into it. But the love languages, if, if people mm -hmm. have different love languages and expect the other person to have the same love language as them, they might be disappointed when in reality you're saying just communicate about it and you can yeah. find out. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that the love language that you speak to someone isn't always the love language that you choose to receive. Exactly. So you might mm -hmm. be someone that is, does acts of service but you don't expect that back. You expect words of affirmations. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think I did the little test and I think my love language was acts of service or like gifts and things like that. And then the way that I would receive it would, I think it's like physical touch. And I think sense. another one is quality time. I don't know if that one was yeah. mentioned. I think, but I, think but I got that. I have also. <laughs> yeah, That's I have quality, quality time. time too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I guess we should flip it. And then how do, how does a guy know that a girl 
is interested in them. Yeah. Okay. So first I have to disclaim that I think we are hard to read at times. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also depends on the girl too. That's like true. it really doesn't on a mon- monolith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really de- Yeah, I mean like if a girl is like actively trying to get your attention, like actively like texting you, like Snapchatting you, um I think that's one sign. I mean, it could either be a sign that she's just trying to get with you or is a sign that she just really wants your attention because she likes you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think you, yeah, I think if she is trying to communicate with you a lot, texts you a lot, Snapchats you a lot. Yeah. And on another hand, I think that that could be the case or it could be the opposite Mm-hmm. That complicates things, but it could be the opposite where she is maybe too shy or doesn't know what to say because she's very, could be self-conscious talking to someone she likes, who knows, like whatever point um, in life, you know, mm-hmm. someone's in, but mm-hmm. like how you tell, me. like how you tell how, if a girl likes you could be different between like through texting or mm-hmm. through like being in person mm-hmm. as a girl can act very differently in comparison. I think. Yeah. From my own experience. (laughs) (laughs) From me. From from me. (laughs) Well, I think that even goes just like across, like just um, with both, because there's some people that just don't know how to text. Um, Yeah. Like I can say for myself, I'm a horrible texter. And Mm -hmm. part of it is because I'm a very sarcastic person. And if I just text what I want to say, people are going to think he's an asshole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can I, I think, I think, what if, what if her, like a lot of guys do that, you know, but they don't actually mean bad. Like they're just terrible at texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I just kind of wanted to just touch upon for a second is that I think it's kind of just that dynamic that people are put into to think about. It's like, Oh, like he's the guy. So he's the one that's supposed to be, texting me all the time and if if a woman wants to pursue a guy society has said it's like well you you can't be like that you're being quote-unquote thirsty it's just like Mm no you if you like a guy you want to talk to them talk to them and vice versa for for the guy too is that i think a lot of times we play games because we are trying to protect something and not want to be vulnerable people yeah good point yeah. And I think in that case, you might find that someone is not texting you as much because they want to see if you'll be the one texting mm-hmm. them first. And that's kind of where those roles come into play. So that's a really interesting point. Oh, I've played that game before. No, mm-hmm. not yeah. proud of it, but <laughs> it's okay. I think we I've all have. Done I think we before. all have. Yeah, yeah. At some point. Yeah. At some point, we definitely all have. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's kind of like a rite of passage. It kind of, it kind of sucks when you find out the person doesn't text you back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, that's not fired. <laughs> then you yeah. end up just sitting on your phone, like, when are they going to text you back? Yeah. <laughs> When's it coming? It's like learned over time that, oh, I might have to play this game. But then you're like, is this really a game I want to be playing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this how I want to start this relationship? Yeah, exactly. If you care about the person, you don't really want to play that game. And then kind of in a similar similar point, like there could be the there could be, you know, you start 
talking to someone and then they realize like, oh, I, maybe I don't really like this person as much as I thought that I did. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of just don't know how to how to leave the conversation. Awesome. All right. So ready to move on to the next question? Sounds good to me. All right. Question number two. How do you guys feel about dating someone older than them? Dating someone older than them. I think, well, it depends how old, how old is older, you know? I don't know. Like, are we talking older. like, like I'm 25. So are we talking like me dating someone who's 30? Is that older or is a little I would bit older say, than that? I would say at least a couple years, at least like two, yeah. three years, at least. Two, three. Yeah. Um, I think in general, guys are a little, um, they get a little, they might get a little intimidated by that, like a little bit of an uh, older woman. But also then there's the, then there's guys who kind of fetishize that a little bit and they're like, oh, older woman, like, yeah. you know, that, that kind of, yeah, exactly. Like this woman is a cougar. Oh, she's going to gonna teach me things or like, <laughs> you know, who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> I think, I think it really depends on the guy. Um, per se, like in general, I'd say, I'd say guys might be a little bit hesitant probably because they'll, you know, get with their guy friends and then it's like, oh, like, what are you doing dating this older lady or like, you know, kind of push back on them and make little jokes about it. But yeah, um, like, is everything okay, dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. it's tough. This is like a, it's like a side question to that. Just like yeah. out of curiosity. Is there like a limit to how old? Like how old would you go with a like with a woman? Like how ten old? years older, like twenty years older. <laughs> See, it's also different for guys because I think in the dynamics a little bit different in society's expectations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like me personally, I probably like I wouldn't really find it weird or that weird. Um, but you know, if it was a girl, I might be like, oh, like is there some sort of weird dynamic going on? Is it like a power play? Like, you know, um, I don't know if I had to put a, put a number on it. I probably, I probably could go up to like 40. Honestly, I think I could be comfortable dating like a 40 year old person. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. I think I'd agree. Maybe 40. That's only, uh, that's only 13 years. Right. But it's tough though. It's tough though, because (laughs) then you got to think about, Oh, like, am I the same age as their kids? Like, is that a possibility? That's That's when it gets weird for sure. So I guess the age thing, like I've had to think about it a little bit more because my dad is 13 years older than my mom. So Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom met my dad when she was 24, so I can't be like, oh, no, that's wrong because I wouldn't be here. Um, but I think that, like Deepa was saying, is that with the society and the power dynamic of it is that some guys might feel intimidated because if it's an older woman, she might have her life together and have be established. Mm-hmm. And she might actually have to be the one paying for things. And I know some men don't feel comfortable with that. Um, And I think that women do mature faster than men. So it's like, you date, if you're dating someone older than you, it's like in terms of your maturity, there might only be a five year gap, but in terms of how mature she is, it might be like a 10 year gap or something like that. So I think it, it really depends on the person, but I can see how, 
some men would feel intimidated by dating someone old, uh, older than them. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That is a really good point. point. And that yeah. actually leads kind of to our next question, actually, which is, are guys intimidated by girls who are smarter or make more money? And, you know, by smarter, obviously, people are smart in different ways, but maybe have like a higher degree or something like that. Are they? Uh, I can say just from being around some of my friends. Yeah, some of them don't really feel comfortable if the uh, woman that they're with either has more degrees or makes more money. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about is that it's men are socialized into thinking is that I have to be the breadwinner. I'm the one that has to make more money. And that's not, that's not the case anymore. Um, should have never been the case, but it's not the mm-hmm. case anymore. Uh, but the thing is, is that it's about coming to the relationship and just understanding each other because I've, I think I might've sent it to you Deepa, but there was a video that I was watching about this woman. She said that, Oh, if her man makes less than him, she's going to demean him. She's going to belittle him all Mm -hmm. the time. And she does that because she expects a guy that makes more money to do it to, to her. And so at that point, that's just hurt. That's hurt people hurting other people. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've heard guys talk about, oh, if I go on a date, is it wrong if I pay for the tickets and she pays for the popcorn? It's like, if, if that's something that you guys have agreed to, then I don't see the problem with that. Personally, it's like, if I've asked you to go out somewhere, I've, I was raised that if I asked you, then it's an invitation. So you should not have to be financially burdened by anything that I asked you to come to. That's and then really- in terms of education um that one I, I don't know it's i guess it's just as long as if you're more educated than your man i would say just don't try to hold that over someone's head because if you're in a relationship and it always seems like you're competing with each other you're really not in a relationship i don't know what you're in but that's not a relationship in my <laughs> that's eyes a good point. yeah People, did you have something to add? Uh, I was just going to say that's a really good point on the um, uh, the last thing that Ali was saying before the education, um, just like the the invitation thing. Um, I've never I, I've 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 definitely heard of like you know obviously you know typically guys pay bills for like dates and whatnot, but I've never heard it kind of described in that way. Like oh, I've invited you, so. I, yeah, I, never heard of I take either. on the financial yeah. burden of that invitation, which is actually a really good way to like define it, you know, because I like, I guess I'm taking this question to a different spot real quick, but um, that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically I like thinking about like uh, uh, girls who talk to me about like, oh, like, is it weird if I ask a guy out on a date or, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, at, at this point we're in 2020, like, things have changed so much, things are changing by the, by the day, you know, (laughs) like, like like life has changed so much in just like the last 10 years, let alone like, you know, how the dating dynamic is like, if I really want to, I could get a date on like hinge or something in like a day, you know what I mean? Like things, things just move a little bit faster. So I think 
I think it's okay, for, definitely for like you know women to, to ask guys on dates and and pay for for dates in that kind of respect. And kind of you know, obviously if you're if it's one sided, then it becomes like a weird thing, a weird like dynamic. But um, back to the original question, uh, do I think that guys are intimidated by women who make more than them or have higher education than them? So um, I do think I'd, I'd agree with Ali that I do think you know there it's kind of like a stigma to a certain point for some guys if they if they're if they're not the breadwinner if they're they're not you know pr- the essential provider um, in terms of education uh, I think I don't think education plays as much into it unless the the gap in education is large like I don't think someone who's dating someone who has a master's who's dating someone who has their bachelor's. I don't think there's necessarily that big, you know, there's a big intimidation factor there. But, you know, I think if someone has their, only has their high school degree and then they're dating someone who has their master's, there is going to kind of be that little bit of like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm more intelligent than you. Or even if that, you, even if the person who is quote unquote more intelligent because of, you know, degrees and whatnot, they their significant other might feel that way just because they're like oh like my i don't really feel as smart as you sometimes or or i kind of look i think that people are looking at me differently because you went you went through all the schooling and i didn't or like your family looks at me differently or things of that nature so it definitely Mm -hmm. it definitely plays a factor into it so maybe it's more of like uh like an insecurity or worried about being worried about what others might think about it yeah and i think especially because of you know like how you've been raised like say ali's father raised him like you know you have to pay for everything regardless like you have to pay for to pay for this that and the third and then (laughs) and then you know ali dating someone who's who's financially or even more financially secure than he is and they're paying for things he might feel like oh like this is an issue and that could, you know, have detrimental effects on the relationship, you know, and it might not come out on the first time, but, you know, if you don't, if you don't think about it in that kind of perspective, you know, over time, it might turn into something really nasty. It could fester. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially with the whole being the provider thing is that men have been socialized into that's what makes you a man. Like for you to be a man, it's, you have to, pay for this, you have to pay for that. And I think that diminishes what what men can be because if mm-hmm. your if your major role is just what you financially bring to the table, <clears throat> then that takes out all the other stuff that you can do. Like some men might be better cooks than than their wife. And it's just like, uh, I'm going to take this role on because you, you burned it the last time. Um, <laughs> or like they might, some men are just, might be just better caregivers to children than, than their wives. And if you want your child to prosper, then you have to have the best caregivers staying at home. And, but some men who might have a natural affinity for just taking care of children, they're taught in the society is like, oh, that's quote unquote a woman's job. Mm-hmm. It's like that's I think that that diminishes what men can be, but it also has a other effect of hurting the, the children because 
now you're you're growing up with someone that might not be as emotionally available than the other caregiver. So now that creates a whole host of problems. Mm -hmm. It sounds like maybe that's an element of toxic masculinity telling the boy, telling the boy, the young boy that that's their role in society. And then they grow up thinking that instead of it diminishes what they could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it wasn't for that toxic masculinity put on them. Yeah. And, and additionally, like if your if your idea, like your foundation, like the f- fundamental idea of what you think being a man is, is tied to providing, and then your partner can provide, that can just I think that can turn you that can bring you down like a, a wormhole of just like negative just negative negativity and just all aspects of your life because you're like my fundamental role is not being you know i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing yeah as segues into our next question how do you determine if a girl is worth the commitment that's a good one i'm the next one huh on the next one. <laughs> on the next one, huh? Maybe I should have switched it up. <laughs> um, how do I, how do you determine if a girl is worth the commitment? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, I've I've definitely thought about that in just my own life and how you when do you determine you know if you know the relationship is you know worth taking to the next level or how do you take it to the next level or those things. Um, it's definitely tough <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think I think it all comes down to one how you mesh together. Uh you know you if you've been through a lot of things and you've overcome a lot that can that can be a sign, you know, that you know you can take it to the next level. You can commit to each other. Um I think if you one you mesh well, you've been through a lot but not not too not there's like a there's like a level <laughs> of being yeah. through a lot for sure where it become where it kind of slips into that realm of like is this toxic or are we are we really going through a lot or are we putting a lot on each other mm-hmm. um which i don't think a lot of people really think about enough like there could be a point you might be you might be in a really good relationship and then one of one of the partners is putting a lot of stress on the other one because you know there's there's things going on and they might not be able to handle it super effectively, but they come home and they just put, you know, everything on their partner and their partner in that, in that role, they might be like, Oh, I need to, to kind of take this for, for my partner. But there's like a limit to that. Um, I don't know. This is a tough, this is a tough question for sure. There's commitment. And then there's, there's marriage. Like you can be committed to somebody, but, marriage is another level of commit you know what i mean it's it's beyond commitment it's trust and it's it's loyalty and it's uh vulnerability vulnerability for sure you might not realize like you know people people like there's there's a lot of like that fairy tale like movie moments and like oh i knew as soon as i saw as soon as i saw this person i knew that i was going to marry them but you know you might not realize until you know one day you're together and your partner just does something small for you and you and you're just like wow like this person is really you know they just understand me and i think that kind of comes back to that conversation we had about communication styles like if you've mastered each other's communication styles that might be you know a sign that you guys are ready for 
either commitment or even the next level of that. I like that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, from what you just said, the last part is that um, because that's something that I asked like uh, my dad, I was like, how did you know that you were ready to marry mom? And the thing that he told me is that they were living together at the time and he was working as a police officer and he had to deal with a lot of just racism through that. And one of the things was, is that he ended up um, being laid off for a little bit because they were doing like a investigation of bullshit and he wasn't bringing in money. And I think they were, they were driving somewhere and he was like, Oh, I have to go in, like pay the light bill. At this point, my mom was working and she was like, I already took care. Like he went there to take care of it. And they said, it's like, Oh, it's already been paid. Looked at who, like the account number, who paid it. And then he went, talked to my mom. was just like, well, why did you do this? It was like, well, we live together. And if you can't do it, I I'll do it. I got you. So I think a lot of times people try to say like, Oh, I'm looking for, my other half. It's like, you need to come to the table as a complete person and look for your compliment. Look for mm-hmm. someone who takes the best parts of you and makes, it makes you better. And the parts that aren't that good of yourself is that they pick up the slack for you and you do vice versa for, for them. Mm-hmm. So I think knowing if you're ready to commit to someone is, and for some people this might work, is that write down a list of all the things that you find that you want in a partner that objectively just not even thinking about that person, just things for yourself that would make you happy. And then seeing how, like how many of these things that the person that you're talking to fulfills that. And I think a lot of times people think that, Oh, like this person needs to do everything that I was like, not like no one is a hundred percent perfect. So the list that you have, someone might fulfill 95% 95% of that. Are you really going to throw away a good relationship over 5%? And I think like one more thing that I can say about commitment, like knowing if you're ready to commit to someone. Um, personally, I guess like there are some people, yeah, there's um, some women in my past where I was like, yeah, like I'm actually, I would want her to be my girlfriend. And I realized that the thing for me is that is talking to this person or yeah i'll say talking to this person is this a task that i need to do and versus like it's like i really just want to hear this person's voice or i just really want to know what this person has to say or like just i care about their input enough that i'm going to reach out to them because i want to have that communication with them and i think that's something that's very important because like we talked about with marriage, it's like you're making a commitment to that person to get rid of all the divorce rates, but <laughs> ideally you're making a commitment to that person to like spend the rest the rest of each other's lives together, ideally. It's mm-hmm. like, so if you can't just communicate with that person or just enjoy communicating with that person, it's like 10, 15 years down the road, it's like you're going to be like, oh, I, have to, I have to wake up and love you today god damn mm-hmm. like it's like it's like you don't want it to turn into a job trying to love someone i think that's also something that like girls consider too when we determine like if we want to be in a commitment with a guy like like 
is he the kind of person that I want to just get up and talk to immediately? Like, is mm-hmm. he the first person that I think about as soon as I get up? Like, do I want this guy's input, his opinions, like his perspectives? Like, do I just want to talk to him right now? Like, I don't want to talk to anyone else. Like, I just want to talk to him. Do I genuinely enjoy his company? Yeah. Do mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoy his company, his, um, ha- our conversations together? And I think that's a huge factor in terms of like, if a girl wants a commitment, like wants him to be her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, does it seem like he cares about me? Like, does he seem like he genuinely wants to talk to me too? Like, is he continuing on the conversation, not just like responding one word sentences or one word words, text messages? And is he like, does he want this conversation to keep going? And I think that's a huge, like, com- like communication is a huge part of determining if you want to be committed to this person. Yeah. And I also wanted to touch upon something that we talked about earlier, which was coming to the relationship as a complete person. Um, I think a lot of people might not, might be looking for someone to complete them and put that expectation unfairly on the other person and then get upset when it doesn't work out the way they wanted to. And I think that's a really good indicator that maybe you're not ready for a relationship because you have to actually work on yourself. And I've been in that situation. Like personally, I have been that person. So it was an indicator that I had to work on myself a lot more and that I wasn't actually ready for something like that. So that resonated. Now, like, to be honest, that's pretty much me all through college. (laughs) (laughs) I did not take the time to actually work on myself. Yeah. And that kind of showed within the interactions that I've had with um, different people is that um, even if that person was willing to commit to me is that I was not in even the mindset to be like, oh yeah, like let me do this is because like you said, is that I was putting unrealistic expectations on someone else and then I was also projecting a lot of my own uh, insecurities mm-hmm. on them so that like by the end of it, I was just like, nah, you're the messed up person. It's just like, it took a while for me to just um, take a step back and actually pull that mirror up be like, the only common denominator here is you. So <laughs> it's just like, you don't have that much luck that you're only interacting with toxic people. So it might be you. And I think people need to be able to have that conversation with yourself and be like, you know what? Yes, what I did was wrong. However, am I going to let that regret define me or am I going to learn from it? No, I relate to that so much. Um, I mean, like all through four years at UMass, um, it was always me who I think was the issue. Because like, like you said, like I did not take the time to actually work on myself. Instead, like I don't even know like who I was back in college. Like it's a completely different person to who I wa- to who I am today, mm-hmm. and I didn't even like realize that until maybe like my senior year or right after I graduated when I'm back home and just had some more time to self reflect. And it was like during that self reflection that I realized like oh my god like I was a completely different person back in college. There are definitely guys who like show that they wanted to commit to me and they were great guys like very genuinely great guys and I just kind of 
denied it or ruined that opportunity just because like I like you said like I thought they were the issue like I put Mm -hmm. high standards for myself like I thought that I could do like so much better or whatever that even means and I don't even know who I was so I think that's a really good point and once you start on this journey of like working on yourself it will help you come to a relationship at some point as a full person yeah so it's worth it and it is a it is a process. Sometimes oh, you, it's such a process. You, you uncover some things. You're just like, damn. It's like is that that that's who I was. All right. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I did that. Like that was me. Like I said those things. Like it's yeah. definitely like you learn a lot through your self reflection, and then you kind of use those regrets, um, past mistakes to like build up to who you are today, which is definitely going to be a much better version of who you were beforehand. Yeah. And that's what people, and I think people need to understand about self-acceptance is that it's like the, the past is something you cannot change. So it's like, if you did something back then that you might not necessarily be proud of, it's like, but it, as long as you've learned from that mistake, that person who you were made you who you are today. Mm-hmm. And that we are nothing but the sum of our experiences that we have. So if you want to take one experience away then who who would you be? You wouldn't be the you that you are right now. So it's definitely about self, self-acceptance because that is one of the hardest things to do, especially if you've done something that, or you've hurt, you've hurt someone in the past and they were a good person, but you need to understand that's who I was then, not who I am now. Yeah, and I think that's super important to emphasize. Like I know this kind of took a little turn from the question, but yeah. <laughs> I think that, like a lot of people can relate to that, you know, having regrets, like being ashamed of themselves, like, you know, feeling sad or down or depressed about things that they did before, like when they were younger or in their previous years. But as Ali said, like it's their lessons that help you become like a better person. And like, not that you were like, a terrible person in the past, but maybe like you can you're continuously being a better person, like a better version of yourself. And it's hard to, you know, be a better person if you don't make mistakes. Like everyone makes mistakes. As long as you don't let those mistakes define you and Mm -hmm. kind of just like letting it make you more depressed. Like as long as you utilize that as lessons, then, I mean, you have more years of the future than years of the past where you make those mistakes. And I think it's, yeah, you're a kid. Like, I mean, like, we're still kids, at- technically, yeah. but like, yeah, but we're always, we're always learning. Like, no one is perfect. And I think that is super important to emphasize to everyone who, you know, has regrets, feels ashamed of themselves mm-hmm. and feel yeah. bad about themselves. Like, self, self-acceptance is a process and it's a long process, but it's not impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of you're, one, uh, oh, Bali. No, I was, I was just going to say, it's like <laughs> 20 years old. Like, if you're worried about a mistake that you made at 20 years old, in the United States, I think the life expectancy for men is, like, 75. For women, it's 78. It's like, so, you're, like, are you going to let one mistake you made at 20 define the rest of your, the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, we have to put it in perspective, because even living, like, 20, 23 uh, years old, sometimes it blows my mind. I'm like, I'm 27. <laughs> it's been a long drive, but, <laughs> but still so much to go, but I know I have so, so much, much to, go. to go so that when I think about it, it's like, yeah, I did that one stupid thing one night. 
It's like, but there are so many other nights that I've done the right thing. There's so many other nights where the person I'm looking back at, well, the person I am now looking back at myself would say like, yeah, I agree with that person. So it's about not trying to latch on to the negative, learn from the negative, and then reminisce about the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say what Janice said uh, before about, uh, you know, we're, we're still children. Like, there's this one, I can't remember who said it, but the, it's essentially this quote, like, your parents are just kids who look older, basically. Like, they're, they're the same, like, once you realize that your parents were kids before and you, like, you know, you're like, oh, like, my mom and my dad were, like, children, like, that's such a weird, <laughs> weird foreign thought. But, like, once you kind of get past that, sorry? It was logic. <laughs> yeah, once you use logic. Yeah. You said and, that, and you that process adults it. are just kids that don't know anything that grew up. And they still don't know anything. <laughs> and you you don't realize, like, just because, you know, just because you're, you know, you're 30 years old or you're 40 years old or whatever, like, you may still not have matured as much as you should have because you're still harping on that thing that happened in your past or, you know, you didn't decide, you've been holding on to something that you should have let go of, you know, ages ago. So. I think that's a really important thing to realize, like, you could be 80 years old, but you can still be a child. Like, it's very, mm-hmm. it's really about the choices you make and the, the mentality you have. My dad calls them arrested adolescents. Yeah, it's arrested <laughs> development. You can either, you can either continue to develop <laughs> or you can just, you know, hold on to, to something and never really become the person you're meant to be or grow. That's very well said and true. Our next question definitely takes a turn for a discussion of the more toxic part of uh, dating culture. My realm. Yeah. My realm. <laughs> <laughs> All of our realms, honestly. So on that very healthy relationship and self-growth note, we are going to ask, what is with the shift in our generation where people don't really date or put a label on things and it's more centered around hookup culture? That's a really good question, Rachel, but we are out of time for this episode. So tune in next Wednesday to hear what the guys have to say. Yeah, and don't forget to listen to Depot's podcast, Talk Sick City, Talk Like Talking, Sick, S-I-C-K, City, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or pretty much anywhere except for SoundCloud. And then follow us, Choosing Yourself with Janice and Rachel, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, then on Instagram, at Choosing Yourself, J-R, And join our Facebook group to interact and share your ideas and questions. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.